Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. So I, heard, I heard you started a relationship series and you just went there straight away. You went all like you went there straight away with Pastor Steve Graham. Praise the Lord that he, tof- he, he tackled that topic. Mm, right. Onwards and upwards. Who's had a great week after that? Me- anyway, right. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I want to, I want to, I'm, 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 yeah, I think you, I think I'll, I'll think I will align with the relationship um, series tonight, but um, I don't know about you, but I love rugby. Love rugby. I'm not, a, I'm not very much a league fan, but I'm a union fan. Love rugby union right now, but um, if you're a league fan, that's cool as well. But the World Cup's on right now. How good was it that Japan bet Ireland? Yeah, oh, it was a great game, amazing game. But I, I love rugby. I played rugby for 18 years in a row, from when I was 13 to 30. And, um, and I like to say I played overseas. I did play overseas, it was just because I moved to London and joined the club team, but uh, sounds cool, way. Eh? I played overseas rugby. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I, I love rugby, I was a forward, if you know what a, the difference, if you don't know rugby, the forwards are the, the people that are part of the scrum, and the backs are the people that aren't, well, they're the faster people, all right? Um, I love rugby, and, um, but I, I started when I, I'm playing in the forwards, I started at open side flanker, that was like the fastest position, and I finished at hooker which is the slowest position in the middle. Well, maybe the prop is the, is the, is the slowest, slowest position. But anyway, um, I loved playing hooker. And um, it's the person that's in the middle of the scrum. And, and you get the job of throwing the ball into the line out. You get the job of hooking the ball. And it was awesome in the middle of the scrum because it was our job to cause havoc at a scrum time. Because we'd like to try and get this thing called a tight head, which is if you win the other person's put into the scrum. And so as a hooker, I, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to try and hook the ball. That's, that's, that's it. And so what I also did, though, is I was very, very cl- nice, <laughs> nice and competitive but, uh, and clever, I must say, because I wore shin pads. Uh-huh. Because what I was doing to the other person, if they were doing it to me, I find my shin pads on, I'm like, sweet as, it doesn't hurt, right? Because my job was to cause havoc in the scrum, and so I'd be kicking the other hooker's shins and like trying to, and the props and everything, just trying to cause havoc because we wanted to win the ball. Is anyone competitive in this place in a cheat, or is it just me? <laughs> Maybe it's just me. But the, th- the thing about um, being, being the hooker, though, is, is you had two props either side and your arms were tied. So when you're doing this, it made the other side a little angry. And sometimes they would get up and they would um, swing and take a few punches. No one's played rugby like this ever, have you? It's just me. But the, the great thing about it, though, is I knew because of my teammates, I knew I had a prop on this side. And I had a prop on the side, and I had two locks right behind me. And, you know, if it was going to go down, it was going to go down. And, you know, there was times where our locks jumped over me to land and smack someone in the face. It was amazing. (laughs) Pastor Tico and Shelly are just figuring out, why did they invite me to come preach tonight? We're creating a revolution of violence. No, we're not. 
No, we're not. No, we're not. But I, I, I do believe that we've, we've got to have people that are going to back us up. I do believe that we've got to have friends that are worth fighting for. And I, it's a little bit of a silly illustration, and, and please hear me, and I'll say this again. Please don't be violent. <laughs> please don't be violent. It is a, just an illustration of, a, of, of how I used to play rugby back a long time ago. It's not an illustration how to live your life. But, uh, but uh, I will show you how to live your life, having a fight in your spirit. See, I, I believe we've got to have friends that, 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 that are going to fight for us. Anyone need friends who are going to stick up for you in a fight? See, see, we're in a fight every day. Every day, the world tells us lies. Did you, did you know? Every day, the world tells you lies. You're supposed to look like this. You're supposed to smell like this. You're supposed to be this. You're supposed to wear that. You're supposed to do this. It's all. Now, hey, I'm, you can wear what you want. I'm not against those things. But a lot of the time, you know, Mr. Wright, is he, does he take all these 10 boxes? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, and then do this survey to find out if, if she's going to complete me or something like that or whatever. But we, we live in a world that tells us lies and we've got to have friends that are going to fight for us. Fight for us. See, I, I love relationships and I think relationships are important. But the, the, the thing that's stirring my heart and, and, what we're, and what we're ministering into the life of the church right now is, is uh, we want people who are going to stick up for us. The people are going to fight for us. Jesus, um, Jesus, we're not talking about fighting here, but we're talking about, uh, let's just read the Bible. Luke chapter 6, verse 31 says this, Do to others as you would have them do to you. I, I don't know about you, but I, I want people to stick up for me. But so what does that mean when it comes to the scripture? It means that am I, am I going to stick up for others? You know, sometimes when people are going through stuff, there's been times where I've listened and I've heard them saying something to me. And I'm like going, oh man, thinking a whole lot of stuff in my head, but never say anything. I'd never stick up for them. Never, never, never that person, you know, someone's getting slammed on Facebook or someone's getting slammed at school or high school or slammed at work. And we're just that person that stands in the background and comes and pats, on, pats them on the back. Hey, you'll be right. You'll be right. No, I want people to stand up for me. So I've got to do unto others as others would do to me. Um, in John chapter 13, there's the story. And it says, um, so Jesus is about to, to go before trial and, and leave the earth and, and do what he came to the earth to do. But... Let's read this. Before the Passover celebration, John chapter 13, um, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. Like right to the end. So this is like one of the last things that Jesus is showing and telling and teaching his disciples to do. All right? Uh, it was the time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. I don't know about you, but feet are nasty. There's, there's some people in this world that have a feet fetish. 
if that is you, please don't come and tell me. I, I just don't want to know, all right? I, I'm, I, I mean, I love your pastors. I don't know if I'm going to wash their feet. Um, maybe if they've been running around on Fijian sand all day and they'll, you know, clean their feet up and all that sort of stuff, maybe... We've got to understand the context here. This is, this is, the, this is the, uh, the job that is reserved for the lowest servant in the day. It was the person that, you know, can you imagine walking all day in dust and sandals and, and a little bit of leather and getting sweaty in there and a little bit of cake and drying up and, and you know, getting stuff between your toes and all that sort of stuff? But Jesus, Jesus gets up. Remember, this is like... If you're going to die, what's the last thing you want to say to the person that you're with? He gets up, he goes over, takes his tunic, and he washes their feet. Washes their feet. Do unto others as you would have done unto you. Is there anything that you wouldn't do for someone? And I want to say the answer is probably yes. Because I, can, I can't say no. I'm, I'm saying yes. There's things that I wouldn't do. Why? Because I don't love you enough. No, great sermon, eh? <laughs> this is a great sermon. Oh, sorry, I'm just honest. No, no, and I'm not trying to be rude, but, but I'd like to get to the place where I love you that much that there was nothing that I wouldn't do for you. But, but there isn't. Uh, there's, there's, I mean, you know, there's, there, there's my wife and my children and... And that, but I struggle sometimes to go that extra distance. But I want to. I'm, I'm saying, come on, let's let's get to that place. Let's go to that place. There's nothing that Jesus wouldn't have done for us. So I wonder if we could lay our lives down and do absolutely anything for everyone in the in the world. That's a crazy thing. See, I had a friend. I got a friend, and um, we were at their house one day, and. A couple of uncles were around, and this, the little baby is beautiful. But unfortunately, the baby had a, um, a cold. And um, we were just there, and the baby was pretty struggling to breathe and all that sort of stuff. And then the uncle came over and put his mouth over the baby's nose and sucked out all the snot. Now, if you thought feet were nasty, i just taken it to another level. But the baby wasn't breathing. What's, what are we more worried about, the boogers or the baby breathing? You know, I mean, that's, that is, I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, that is nasty. That's disgusting, right? That is awful, like, ugh. And, and, no, and hey, the reality is, if you were put in that position, guess what? You would do it. You would do it. Even though it's like nasty, even though it's ugh, you would do it. Why? Because the reality is the baby wasn't breathing very well. It's not about the disgusting thing that had to be done or anything. It's about the purpose behind what we would lay down and what we would choose to do for people in our world. Amen. So I, I really believe that we've got to get a, a fight in our spirit. Who likes fighting? In our spirit, in our spirit. Remember, disclaimer right now. This is not a violent message, all right? This is not an aggressive, violent message. This is a loving message. Amen. Yeah, if you're hearing the violent message coming out through this, there's something wrong with you and you need prayer. 
<laughs> All right. In Hebrews chapter 3, there's a story, and, and the person's uh, talking about Moses and how, how Moses and the Lord communicated and how the Lord was leading people through the, the children of Israel through the promised land, but it took a long time because they hardened their hearts and all that sort of stuff. But in verse 13, because we want to make sure we keep going, it says this, You must warn each other every day while it is still today. Actually, let's go back to verse 12 as well to help uh, bring context to it. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Turn away from from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Verse 13, again in the New King James Version, says this, But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. I want to tell you the greatest relationships that we can have for one another is to exhort one another daily. Yes, we want to love and honor God. Yes, we worship Him. And yes, we get our info from Him. And yes, He's the bread of life. And yes, we get everything from Him. But man, the Lord is saying to us as well, come on, exhort one another daily. Be that person that's going to go, you know what? I'm not going to accept that you are feeling like this today. We're going to do something. We're going to get up. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to pray. We're going to go and get some worship music. We're going to stick it on and just sit in a cafe or something. Maybe I could even come and read the Word of God to you and we could talk about some stuff. Why? Because this world needs people who are going to fight for us. You know, I love encouraging people. I love stirring people up. Why? Because there's times where I'm going to need you to do it for me. I'm not special. I'm definitely not special. I, I'm gonna, there's times where I've needed people in this room to fight for me. But let's fight for one another. But how far are we willing to go? We've got to exhort one another daily. Why? Well, let's read. Romans chapter 6. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, have you got people in your world that don't need Jesus? Don't know Jesus, sorry. Everyone needs Jesus. Have we got people in our world that don't know Jesus? I hope you do. If you don't, go and join a club or something and meet some people who don't know Jesus. Why? Because the world needs you in their life. They need you in their life. They need you in their life. Because they need what you carry in your life. It's great that, I mean, maybe you've been brought here tonight and you've been invited by a friend and there's this guy talking an aggressive, violent message. (laughs) No, tonight, at the end of the service, I'm going to declare the love of God in this room and and give you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. But people need Jesus. People need you. Are you willing to fight for them? Are you willing to intercede for them, even even believers in James chapter 5, verses 19 through 20, it says this, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about forgiveness of many sins. Oh, well, that's an awkward conversation. I'm not comfortable having challenging conversations 
Well, the baby can't breathe. The baby can't breathe. Well, well, the awkward conversation is the person is going to die. The person is going to go to hell. That's harsh. We don't talk about that much these days. It's great that we know and we love Jesus. But I want to fight for some people. Like my, in my world and my family, I'm fighting for my dad. I'm fighting for his partner. I'm fighting for my sister. I'm praying. I'm interceding. I'm believing for them. There's been people in, who have been in the life of the church. You will know people who are in the life of this church that have fallen away from Christ. You would know them. Well, what, what could we do to fight for them? What is God laying on your spirit to fight for them? Could, could you send them a message? Could you say, hey, let's meet up for a coffee? Could, could we say sorry? Sorry that that's happened. I understand. We're not, we're not Jesus. We're human. We're trying to be more like Jesus, and he's helping us. So how do we fight? How do we fight? Number one, we fight in prayer. We fight in prayer. James chapter 5, verses 16 through 20. It says this, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Is there anyone who's righteous in the building tonight? This is a trick question. Everyone is. It's not a trick question. I mean, everyone, if you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you are righteous. Right? I've got, there's another whole message and teaching behind that, but you are righteous. Your prayers have great power to avail much. And so when we pray, can we believe that our prayers can avail much? Can we fight in the Spirit? Can we pray in the Spirit? The Bible also says, pray in the Spirit at all times. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet we, when he prayed earnestly, no rain would fall. None fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky went down. Um, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. Come on, could we pray? And it goes on again back to the, the, the earlier scripture in 19. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from a wandering from wandering will save that person from death and bring about forgiveness of many sins. Can we pray? You know, pr prayer is prayer is like um not not just the little jabs, right? I reckon prayer is like the Hail Mary uppercut. You know, in India, Pastor Banu is dad there. He, we were hanging out with him one time, and he's telling us these crazy stories, crazy testimonies. And he just goes, well, prayer is power. I just sat in my spirit. Prayer is power. If you want to have a, a, a fight in your spirit, prayer is power. Prayer is power. Oh, you know, we've heard these messages so many times. Prayer, prayer, pray all the time. No, prayer is power. If, if there's something that you're believing for, you know what? I'm believing. My sister was, has, has been addicted to methamphetamines for years. I'm praying in the Spirit. Come on, the power of God is greater than what's coming against her right now. Come on, Lord, do something. Do something. Do something. I just heard the other day. I haven't had it 100% confirmed, but I've heard 
that she's done 80% of a rehab clinic. 80%. Come on, praising Jesus for that. Prayer is power. We learn to fight. We fight in the power of prayer. Um, in verse Timothy chapter 2, it says this, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks to, the, thanks to them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that you can live in peace, quiet, uh, peaceful, quiet lives marked by um, good godlessness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. You know, God's desire is that everyone gets saved. But I know they've got to make their decision. But your prayer can affect their decision. Your prayer can affect their decision. Prayer is power. The next one, just quickly, because I'd love to pray with us. The next one is you go in the opposite spirit. You go in the opposite spirit. If you're needing a breakthrough, if there's something, a situation... We go in the opposite spirit. How do we fight? We fight in the opposite spirit. Maybe someone's frustrated you. Someone's annoyed you. Someone's angered you. Disappointed you. Hey, you just go in the opposite spirit. You forgive them. You love them. You move on. Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 16 through 26. I'm not sure if I gave it all to the team, but that's okay. So I say, say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us, us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out the good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. Basically what we're saying here is the Spirit of God that lives in you, can give, give you the ability, if you want it, to go in the opposite spirit. Come on, we've got to believe that we can fight in the opposite spirit. Or oh, that person, that negative person at, at work, man, just I, I, it'll be fun. Just go up to their office or, and just go, man, how are you today? Isn't it awesome that the sun's out? Isn't it great today that it's, we're, we're here? I mean, I haven't. I mean, isn't it awesome? Your, your staples filled up. You don't have to worry about it today, or or something like you know. Man, I, I'm I'm looking forward to morning tea, isn't it? How about we go down the coffee, uh, the shop and get a coffee or something like that? It's my shower. I would love to bless you today. Well, maybe how can you know? I'm not talking about being the nerd about it, but let's just go in the opposite spirit. Let's just go in the opposite spirit. See, as Christians, we've got to learn how to fight in the opposite spirit. I have a number of people come up to me and we talk about their finances and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, you know what's going to break this? Going in the opposite spirit. Uh, if you're finding things tight right now, create a generous spirit. One that's, one that's wise and that just trusts God. Not unwise. No, one that just goes, you know what, I'm just going to go in the opposite spirit. I'm going to go in the opposite spirit. How many, what, what could you think of right now of a circumstance? that you could have gone in the opposite spirit. Some of us. See, as a, um, as a dad, I'm a dad now, three children, 12-year-old, 10-year-old, 
and a little girl who is uh, eight years old going on 18. Um, um, hmm. they're, they're beautiful. They're amazing. Um, and I thank God for friends like these guys. What the flip did you do in this circumstance? Anyway, <laughs> cheers, wherever you are. Um, but I brought up with an angry dad. I, I was brought up with a, oh, actually, my dad was pretty much absent. My stepdad was around for a little bit. I definitely wasn't brought up with a godly father. My wife's father, Alistair, he's an amazing man of God. But I met him when I was 17. So a lot of stuff had already been formed. A lot of default settings had already been formed. And I never knew they were in me until I had children. Because <laughs> I tell you what, your children will purify you. <laughs> As many times I go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. can't believe I said that. Because I was brought up with my father calling me a something idiot. Oh, just You can figure out what the word in front of it was. And that was my default setting. But I had to learn how to go in the opposite spirit. I had to learn how to go. How do you go in the opposite spirit? You get the word of God out. See, in, in, Luke, in, sorry, in Galatians chapter 16, it goes down and we can read through 19 through 21 and feel real bad about ourselves. Because of all the things that align with, with, our, with what's going on in our world. But we could read from 22 onwards and says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we could go, Lord, Lord, I need those things. I need those things. I need those things in my life. Lord, help me with patience. Help me with kindness. Help me with goodness. Help me with self-control. Lord, I need these things. I don't know about you, but how many times have you, have you cried out to God and said, Lord, I know I get angry sometimes, but Lord, I need patience. I need self-control. I need kindness. And we, and we go in the opposite spirit. Those who belong to Christ have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. See, how do we fight? We fight in the opposite spirit. If someone comes up to you and says, hey man, I'm really struggling with this. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a place where if there's sin in your life, let's, let's repent from that. Let's turn from that. But let's then go in the opposite spirit. No, you are a godly man. You are a godly woman. You are a kind man. You are a kind woman. You are a gentle person. And, 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 and push in in the opposite spirit. See, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, David and Goliath, what did, what did David do? He went in the opposite spirit. Goliath was coming to David with what? A sword and a spear and a javelin. But David came in an opposite spirit. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of the heaven's armies. No, he didn't come in a natural way. He came in a spiritual way. He went in the opposite spirit. I believe there's people that you know in your world, even people that were connected into the life, 
life of this church. Come on, we've got to fight for them. We've got to call them back into the life of the church. We've got to win them back into the kingdom for Jesus. For Jesus. Last one, just quickly. We've got to hold on to hope. There's a great movie back in 1995. It was called Braveheart. I think it was 95. I used to be able to quote the entire movie off by heart. But there's a scene in Braveheart where the English cavalry are coming at the Scottish and uh, they've only got infantry and the English cavalry coming and there's great cinematography and Mel Gibson's director slows it all down and also that's cool. Got to watch it. But it's the cavalry's coming and he's just sitting there and he's like he's just got this word hold 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 and 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 for just the right time when they outwork a tactic that they had employed to take down the cavalry and he held and at just the right time they lifted up a whole lot of spears and it was a little bit gruesome but it, sometimes we've just got to learn how to hold we've got to hold we've just got to learn how to hold sometimes we give up a little early I don't, I don't want friends to give up on me even if I'm like if I'm like packing a sad and I'm like being angry and I'm being rude and I'm being uh, arrogant or whatever. No, we need people in our world that are going to fight for us. They're going to fight for us. We've got to learn how to hold. See, in Luke chapter 18, the parable of the persistent widow, one day Jesus told this, his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Never give up. Never give up. I want to tell you tonight, come on, don't give up. If you're a parent here and, and, and one of your children are far from God, come on, never give up. Never give up. Be the person that knows how to fight. Fight for your family. Fight for your family. Fight for your fathers, your mothers, your sons, your daughters. Fight for, the, for your workmates. Come on, let's never give up. Never give up. But we do, don't we? I do. There's been times where I've given up. <laughs> oh. But here the Lord's telling us, come on, don't give up. It says there was a judge of a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. You know, I don't know if this is 100% biblical, but when I was reading it one day, I really felt like the Lord highlighted this to me. See, he, he described the judge... Where is it? It says this, the judge who neither feared God nor cared about people. There's only one person who has that description. And that's Satan. It's the devil. Do you know that when you don't give up, ultimately he's going to have to render a good report if you don't give up. If you don't give up, he'll, he'll, in the end, he'll have to. 
He'll have to. He'll have to. Then the Lord said to learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a good, just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to the chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he won't grant justice to them. He, he will, sorry, grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? First Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 7, love never gives up, never loses his faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. You know, we had a, you had, you had a terrible thing happen in March this year. And we saw a nation rally to love a community. See, we can do that. As Christians, we can do that. I'm not talking about a community. I'm talking about the people that are in our world that don't know Jesus. The people that are in our world that have fallen away from Jesus. But will we fight for them? First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Hold tight to eternal life to which God has called you which you have declared so well before many witnesses. I want to encourage you. Let's learn how to fight. Get, get relationships that will fight. Fight for you. Learn how to let people pray for one another daily. Exhort one another daily. Champion one another daily. Create a message group with a bunch of guys or a bunch of girls just say, man, this is what I read praying for you. Oh, I'm having a bit of a rough time. Can you guys pray for me right now? Flick it out. Champion one another. You know, let's learn how to go in the opposite spirit. I'm just not, not I'm just gonna, I'm tired of people not walking in their destiny and calling because the devil has taken them out. See, one of the things I guess just because I love rugby and I love playing that position hooker is that I still needed 14 other people behind me in the team. We still need people behind us in our team. I want to finish with just a real quick illustration. In Exodus chapter 17, there's the story of... Um, uh, Moses, Aaron, her, and, and Joshua. And the quick story is that when, when Moses, uh, Joshua was fighting the Amalekites, and when Moses uh, was on the top of the hill holding up the staff, Joshua was winning. But when Moses got tired and the staff came down, Joshua started to lose in the battle. Yeah, you know the story. Read it up in Exodus chapter 17. But then there's two people, Aaron and her, found a stone for Moses to sit on. And, and then Moses sat on that, and then Aaron and her held up her, his arms. So, so r- real quickly, I just need four people, four people. One to be Joshua down here. You can be Joshua. You're winning the battle. I need a Moses, Aaron, and her. Just Moses and Aaron and her jump up here. If you don't mind. 
right. Okay. Cool. Holding up arms. Holding up arms. Quick. Yeah. Yeah. Winning the battle. Great. Well done. Well done. That's awesome, isn't it? This is a quick illustration. Just a quick illustration because Moses is winning. But hold on. What about his life? What about his life? Can I have four more people, please? But hold on, what about their life? What, what about their lives? No, <laughs> this is what happened in Dunedin too. We just did one by one. No, it's two to one. Remember, it's two to one. It's two to one. Right? Yeah, okay, what about their lives? What about the, the four guys behind them? I need eight more people. Yeah, yeah. We got daylight saving. We can be here all day. I don't care. If I miss my flight, I don't care. Where's Joshua? Joshua, in the battle. Get back to the battle. All right. What are, yeah. Okay, now what about, what about their lives? I need 16 more people. Oh, no, all right. You're like, all right. You're like we're going to get everyone up here. Hold on. Um, I know you guys can't see me, but I'm at the back here. Hey, um, what's your name for everyone who can't see you? Phil. Hey, Phil. Phil, you seem like a great guy. Call of God is on your life. Did you know that your life is winning the battle for her life? Do we get that? Do we get that just a little bit? No. You, you might think it's this person who's helping this person, but... It's this person is well part of the well part of it as well. And so she's winning a victory in her life because someone was prepared to champion someone else way back here. Kind of people are worth fighting for. Come on, can we give God a hand? You guys can jump sit down. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. I wonder why don't we stand? We're just gonna quickly pray. Relationships matter. Let's be a friend that will do unto others as you'd want them to do, do, done to you. Let's fight for one another. Fight for their destinies. Fight for their core. Pray them back into the kingdom. Go in the opposite spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray right now for two people and two types of people in this room. Lord, those that have never known you. Lord, I pray after the service, Lord, they'd give their heart to you, Jesus, with whoever's leading the service. But right now, if you're here and you know what? I've got to go in a minute, but I want to just fight for you. I want to fight for you right now. I got faith as I was flying up here. I want to fight for you. And that fight is just in prayer. The fight is just in prayer. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm a bit, t- I'm tired. There's something happening in my world and I, I just, I've just got to push through. I've got to fight. I've got to believe. And I just would love it if you would fight for me tonight. I want to fight for you tonight. I want to fight for you in prayer tonight. And if that's you, all you need to do is just shoot your hand up 
wherever you are. And I, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to walk through and I'm going to fight for you. In Jesus' name. So right now, if that's you, just shoot your hand up wherever you are. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every single person with their hand up right now. Father, would you champion them on right now? We pray in the Spirit. Lord, would you come and shift something? Whatever area and circumstances is coming against them now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare a miracle. We declare a breakthrough. Father, would you lift them up right now? Would you anoint them with fresh oil? Would Lord, Lord, they strengthen themselves in you, Jesus? Would the Spirit of God come and move and shift circumstances in Jesus' name? Father, tonight, may they run and not grow weary. May they soar on wings like eagles. Holy Spirit, fire in Jesus' name. We fan the fire of God in Jesus' name. Fire of God. Fire of God. Fire of God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let the fire of God. Fire of God. Holy Spirit, I thank you for these amazing people in this room. Lord, would you stir the fight in them? The fight to pray. The fight to go in the opposite spirit. And the fight to hold on to hope. To never give up. In Jesus. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.